Alright, hello and welcome back to another episode of Observe and Report. We are on episode 22, I believe, and we are your hosts. My name is Jason Simmons. Across from me is Jack Smith. Hello. And we're going to be doing the show today where in which we see things and we tell you how we feel about them. Observe and Report. Pretty simple concept. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. What do you got? All right. Uh, it's not been that long since we last saw each other, but I've seen a couple of things. Um, I've not really been to the movies, sadly. There's a lot of stuff out. Um, I feel like I did like my big movie rundown as far as like Creed and uh, Fantastic Beasts last time. But uh, I did catch uh, Downsizing on Hulu. Um, oh, <laughs> that movie where when we were scrolling through stuff, I saw the thumbnail and was like, well, that movie looks so stupid. And then you very sweetly and quietly just went, I was actually kind of really interested in that movie. <laughs> There's two immediate polar opposite reactions to the same image. Of where it was Matt like, Damon. Me be like, downsizing. You'd be like, downsizing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I did see it and I came up with like kind of like some middling thoughts on it. Like it's uh, another Alexander Payne movie. The guy that directed like, you know, The Descendants and whatnot. Oh, okay. Um, has like a, a bunch of other like big titles on his belt. It feels like he's never really missed but he kind of misses with this one a little bit. Um, I feel like there's a lot he's trying to address in the film. Um, insofar as like the basic premise being Matt Damon is a guy that's unsatisfied with his life. Um, the world is in the same troubles that it is in now. Insofar as like global warming and like overpopulation and downsizing offers a way to have more money <laughs> um, because your cost of living is that much smaller because you are that much smaller. Um, so like, you know, a person with like, at 50k saved guess what you're a millionaire in the small world how approximately how big are they five inches tall okay is uh how they put it so you would live in a, a house the size of a dollhouse essentially yes your okay. house is a dollhouse but gotcha. like the space that it occupies is like like a quarter of central park if i could like put that as, as so far like the, the the community okay itself okay. um but uh yes like matt damon's a guy who's like having trouble with his life um and figures like okay downsizing would help to solve a bunch of that and then figures out that getting small just creates a whole new set of problems and opportunities as well um he really does play like an everyman in it which i think matt uh, uh, that's the thing matt damon's good at doing um it feels like he has yeah some some troubles going on in the movie that are like really relatable it's like hey like you know uh i've got sick and ailing parents and like you know how to take care of them and also like you know we're in debt because we're still paying off like student loans and all that stuff and his wife is played by kristen wick in this movie um and she doesn't get the chance to be like that funny in it i guess but it didn't look like a role that was not so much but she she does get like some little sparks here and there where it's like um this isn't a spoiler because it happens. It's, they show it in the trailer as well, where she like kind of departs and like leaves him. She yeah. decides not to get small with him, yeah. and he's just like left in this world alone and like just trying to figure things out for himself at this Such point. A sick burn. Yeah. Bye. Um, <laughs> like, oh no, I can't do this. This is this would be my life can't coincide <laughs> with this. Bye. Goodbye forever. Um, but yeah, Christoph Waltz is in it as like his neighbor who becomes his friend, and he's really fun in it actually it's like one of the few times christoph waltz is like oh you're not trying to kill me like you just want to be my friend two questions one mm-hmm. does he have any type of accent oh of course he's 
has his Christoph Waltz oh. accent. Um, two, is he supposed to be a relatively normal guy? Oh, no. He's like a mover and shaker. Like, he is oh. a man about town and, like, okay. connected with things. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, the the plot winds up where Matt Damon becomes, like, entwined with Christoph Waltz. And he winds up going to, like, the first, the guy that invented the downsizing technology and almost goes into like a situation where he will be like one of the last people left alive. It's a lot happens in the movie, and oh, it just feels like boy. we didn't have to get this big about things that can be so small. I guess it sounded like it sounds kind of like the sorghum situation with that dressmaker movie, where it starts off like <laughs> fairly straightforward, and you think you know, mm-hmm. and it seems like that's how they started writing it, and then by the end, you're just in a whole new place, and someone has drowned in sorghum. Yeah, because it's like there's two different scales happening here, where it's like we can just really deal with his problems that are happening in I his see life. what you did there with scales. Yeah, yeah, I got some weird play in there. <laughs> um, but like, you could really deal with like his problems and like his own life, and that'd be a fun movie in itself. Or you could deal with the whole world ending problems of like you know overpopulation and like you know food shortages, and like that could be a great movie in itself. But when they combine the two. It didn't really work out. I think a lot of things now, TV and movies, try to shove a lot of uh, morality questions and whatnot Mm -hmm. into stuff. And it is too much. And they end up kind of desaturating stuff. And it just isn't, it doesn't work out well. Yeah, because when when they were talking about those bigger questions and like, you know, in comparing like where the film started, it just feels like they got diluted or weakened a little bit. Like those bigger issues they're trying to tackle, I guess. But, I mean, that being said, I still enjoyed it. It was still fun. Um, but, yeah. You don't have to go out and see it. You don't have to, like, click on Hulu to watch it right now. Which is I how intended I to just breeze right past it, Jason. <laughs> as we did when I had it up on my television. <laughs> um, I watched um, the on Netflix, The Curious Creations of Christine McConnell. Oh, I saw previews of that. I was like, this looks like a crazy Pee-wee's Playhouse meets, like... A cooking show. It's super weird, mm-hmm. and I very much like it. Okay. Um, I guess I think she was like a YouTube personality. Or whatever, oh, okay. And she does um, like DIY stuff. It's mostly baking mm-hmm. um, with some crafts on the side. But the premise is that she lives in this big, creepy Victorian house, mm-hmm. um, and there are puppets. Okay, that are living and what that are living with her. Mm-hmm. Um. But they're like sassy puppets. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets pretty dark. The writing is, it ends up in kind of a weird place. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a mention of like a sexual predator in the neighborhood. And you're just like, what? Okay. And then they go off of that immediately and just, okay. Now just back to the li- souffle. <laughs> yeah. It's really weird. Uh. Um, but it's pretty funny, actually. Um, there's, it's her this um animal this puppet that is half raccoon half skunk and she just kind of like put it together okay um and then this uh one of those hairless cats okay um and the hairless cat hates the raccoon skunk thing and is always trying to like plot to kill it and get rid of it okay um and these big monsters and i I can't explain it well because it's a really weird show but she does legit baking stuff and like builds these amazing like gingerbread houses and stuff mm-hmm. that are incredibly elaborate and you cannot do yourself <laughs> unless you're Martha Stewart. Like a goth Martha Stewart would totally be done with it. Okay. Um, but it's weirdly fun and <clears throat> entertaining. Okay. Um, there's, 
I don't even know how to just like the plot if you could call it that I think they're like eight or ten episodes basically yeah there's just like a, there's a guy who comes in who she wants to date or whatever mm-hmm. and there's little stuff with him it's I don't know how to describe it okay. it's fun though um the puppets are it's really funny there's um the woman who does the voice of the uh skunk raccoon thing skunkoon um, skunkoon yes mm-hmm. um she often does improv with paul f tompkins on spontaneous nation on oh, his podcast okay and i was like i know this voice and i had remembered um her mentioning it and like oh that's awesome she got on a netflix show mm-hmm. um but if you like diy stuff or puppet based comedy <laughs> <laughs> this is the show for you if you're into puppet based man <laughs> um yeah it's it was fun okay yeah, i actually really enjoyed it all right like the yeah the, the, the way you described it insofar as the puppets having personalities of their own remind me a bit of like Wee's playhouse but also like mystery science theater 3000 where they're like very sassy but like very much like you know irreverent as well yes okay i could get into something like that i remember it coming out like around halloween time i was like yeah, Ooh, what's so. this about but yeah. i just never clicked to watch it she can be a little bit stiff mm-hmm. in her presentation but i think the um the personalities of the puppets and everything around her mm-hmm. are good enough that it kind of keeps it going along okay um, another thing that I watched um, was a show on Hulu uh, called Flophouse, um, which is part of like a the the Vice network, the, the all the Vice things that they have on there, mm-hmm. like uh, um, like we talked about previously, um, abandoned mm-hmm. and whatnot. But um, the main concept being like comedians that live together that are hosting like a uh, a stand up show in their own home, and they jump around to different you know houses lived in by different comedians. And it's a little bit of like a travel show, but also like a stand-up show as well, like showcasing new people you've never heard of before, and also like you know people that are well-established, like Bobcat Goldwaite. Like, what oh, are wow. you doing at this shitty rundown, <laughs> like San Francisco apartment, like doing comedy? Like, all right, cool. Um, you see people like Jonah Ray appear and all that oh, stuff awesome. as like just someone in the audience, like hanging out, or like Steve Agee just like chilling out. Like, yeah, I want to see this show, of course. <laughs> like. Are uh, they just performing for each other or are there actual no, audiences? It's like actual audiences. Oh, or wow. It just feels like a house party mixed together okay. with like a stand-up show. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, it just feels like this is like kind of cool. It, it, If anything, it shows you like, yeah, being a stand-up comedian, if you thought it was like, you know, fast cars and Blitz like and glamour. good times, like <laughs> it's hard living sometimes. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine. Um, but then you see sometimes some really cool places like, okay, yes, yeah, so like what was basically a crack den in LA. Now we're in like a really cool uh, former convent in uh, San Francisco that has been converted to like this artist living space. That's cool. Um, and it's like, wow, like they've really done like a very cool thing here. And like this seems like a really cool place to live and like feels like a great place to like exchange ideas and, and really create things. Um, but it has a consistent like two or three comedians that like are always like with the camera crew that like will go to all these different places. But what's cool is that everyone that's on it feels like they're friendly with each other, and like it really does feel like a community where people are helping each other like to get better. Nice. Um, even though it is like very people doing bits and all that stuff a lot, it is very communal okay. and like good in that way, I guess, and not as like catty as you think it would be. Gotcha. Yeah. I watched another thing, mm-hmm. but I want to play the game where I tell you the name of it and then you guess what it's about. <laughs> okay. It's a British show. All right. It's just called Father Brown. 
Father Brown. Okay, so Father Brown uh, is a priest Anglican, Church of England, that <laughs> saw... Thank you for getting specific. <laughs> He, he's he's no papist all right <laughs> all right he moves into a small town where there's murders afoot but he's assisting the police in solving the crimes very similar to america's father dowling mysteries which i've seen a lot of um and but but also um he gets embroiled with some local ladies um and some sexy stuff ensues how close am i on a scale of one to ten probably a nine okay Let's go. I'm annoyed by how close you are. <laughs> it's not a fun game when you play it well, Jason. God damn it. Minus the sexy stuff. And there's zero sexiness happening. Okay. It's like layers of priest robes. <laughs> how many layers are you talking about here, huh? He just keeps taking them off. It's like six. Um father brown is played by the guy who plays arthur weasley in the harry potter series oh i have some things about weasley's coming up here but go on okay got some weasley news i have weasley news yeah sweet um he is a priest in a small town in england who helps solve the police <laughs> <on crimes>. <laughs> <laughs> god damn it it's really fun um there's like five seasons so i'm very happy okay. i got through a couple episodes um would yep. you say this complements something like uh midsummer murders yeah it's more up to date okay um because it's a more recent show i will say he's not too priesty okay um in that um he i think he has the morality he's not the, uh, there's oh wait what year is it in it's in the 50s it's oh it's shortly after world war Two. it might even be late 40s okay is it um, in london proper or like in a no suburb? it's in a tiny village as it always is okay <laughs> with the same group of people there's mm-hmm. a um a woman who helps him actually run the church who like if you knew her in real life you'd be like you're a straight up bitch (laughs) you stone cold bitch i hate you but like she's she's like the town gossip Uh and at one point she like really does something shitty to this guy and his family are just like no 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 Mm -hmm. no no okay you don't you know so she's not I just like, really upset so she's not just like you know the sassy comic relief she's also like a bit of a jerk around town she can be okay so there's her there's uh a polish woman um who helps who's kind of like the housekeeper i only mentioned that she's polish because it comes into play because it is post-war oh. um, and like a german there's a german guy coming into town it's like uh-oh okay um there and then there's like a fancy She's not a duchess. She's like a fancy titled person. She has a title. She's like ninth removed from like being a duchess somewhere. (laughs) Something bullshit. Okay. Um, And uh, and she's like rich and she wears great clothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And she helps the mysteries also. She inevitably (laughs) ends up seeing like 18 dead bodies. And Mm -hmm. of course, um, but morality wise, like... um, (laughs) 
I'll spoil one episode for you that I'm sure you're going to run to. So I'm very sorry. I'll, you know, I'll bite the bullet. Go ahead. <laughs> um, like, it, it might be the first episode. There's supposed to be this German priest coming into town. And, uh, um, and he's, the Polish woman is very wary because, like, mm, your people were not great to mine, to mm-hmm. say the least, um, during World War Two. And so it ends up being that he was not the actual priest that was intending to come. Um, there's a guy who's in an accident who people find on the side of the road um, who hasn't been able to talk. Okay. And when he wakes up, the priest tries to kill him because it turns out that that guy on the side of the road was the priest. He was an evil German guy who ran Ooh. off and kind of became a priest to hide his identity. Okay. And he killed... Uh, the first guy's family oh but he wasn't able to finish the job with the last guy right i can't remember mm-hmm. what happened there but yes so um he tries to kill the evil german german nazi guy um and but he's a doctor so he like lets him live and the priest is there the whole time he knows he sees what happened and he knows what happens mm-hmm. instead of turning the guy into the police he's basically like okay you're both even (laughs) or not even but like i'm not gonna you're justified in your anger Mm -hmm. with what happened to your family that guy is evil right so i'm gonna let you escape out the window (laughs) okay so like the morality is very um malleable okay as opposed to very strict like church and law-abiding citizen right um, cause he's constantly getting in trouble. The police, <laughs> the police captain guy is like, get the fuck out of here. And he's like, okay. But then he like sneaks into someone's office, like the police officer's mm. office and like finds out information and shit. Like he's so. <laughs> How is he tending to the needs of his community <laughs> as a priest? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> solving all these crimes and committing crimes in the process. He really is. <laughs> um, and I liked the police guy. He reminded me of um, Jorah Mormont from Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. He has like a gravelly voice and stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, I see you, Chief Inspector. <laughs> but he's left after the first season. So now there's a new guy who's also very handsome. How long are seasons? <sighs> Great question. I'm going to say 10 episodes or something. Okay. Um, so we're already on a new Chief Inspector. But he's handsome, and they're developing a friendship, and so I'm enjoying it. Okay. Um, other things I've checked out. Um, now this one is, I don't think a well beloved series at all. Uh-oh. But well, I tend you to did watch downsizing, so like, I enjoy things. <laughs> and one thing that I did enjoy uh, was uh, the Maze Runner, the Death Cure. Uh, did you watch the rest of the series? I did watch the rest of the series. Um, I secretly love the series of films. Um, I didn't think I would. I remember the very first one I watched. I was here. Uh, I sat down. I turned on the TV. I was like, what's this crap? And then I was like, whoa, this is so much fun. <laughs> I really got into it. I had low expectations. Uh, these kid actors who are now straight up adults yeah. at this point. Like um, the kid from Teen Wolf. Um the I kid can't. from Love Actually. The kid from Love Actually. Yeah, yes. he's cute. Um, what is it? Giancarlo Esposito. Um, he's in that? Yes. Oh. Jojen from uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. What's his face? Uh, Littlefinger's also in it oh as well. God. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, 
and Patricia Clarkson's there. Why not? Like, there's a lot of established people in these <laughs> series of films. Popping up. Um, but that being said, like, they do action sequences very well. Like, there's a train heist that happens at the start of the movie. It's like, oh, wow, this is, like, really well shot and well paced. Um, there is an escape through a window that jumping out, like, several stories down into, like, a pool. It's like, well, goddamn, that was well done. Like, that just looked really cool. Um, they do really good action stuff in these films. And I would definitely say, like, check them out if you like well-executed action scenes. Uh, um, Interesting. But, yeah, this is the – it was the final installment in the Maze Runner series. Um, they've gone far beyond the maze at this point. Um, they're in the last city. They're trying to find a cure for the disease that is ravaging mankind, turning them into – zombies because it's always zombies That's right the one, so the last movie is when they're in the city they're in the city they've broken into the city and they're attempting to get their friend out who's been captured but ultimately uh the organization behind everything is trying to get the main boy um thomas thomas to get the cure out of his body have you read the books have you done these books i read the books. you're looking at it because you, you gotta come out on this stuff all right you can't just let me hang out there like in the maze runner movies if you know what's happening all right read all the books <laughs> then join have, me in the after, light my friend after reading the first one i may have pre-ordered the rest of them oh yes actually no i lied i think i got them from the library because even better I'm supporting cheap. these public works <laughs> <laughs> um Yes, I read all the books. Okay. I really enjoyed them. There we go. <laughs> oh, right. Damn it. They were basically like um, kind of, they came out around the same time as the Hunger Games. And it was kind of like. Uh, the young adult to, boom. Yeah, it's to be very generic. Like it was like the response to having Katniss Everdeen is like, oh, well, here are a bunch of boys in a heroin situation-ish. Um, but it's still teenagers running around in danger from adults. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoyed the series. Um, I remember being really disappointed by the ending. I will say, I am also a little disappointed at the ending of the film. I don't... I'll have to go back because I think I saw the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um... And I think I've seen pieces of the rest of them, but I haven't sat down and watched the other two in full. Okay. Because um, as books, like, they don't pull their punches, really. There's some really scary stuff. If, yeah. You know, for kids, like I, don't, like, I don't think you could bring children to those films. I think they'd yeah. be very scared by, like, the monsters. And, um, and, like, in the second movie or book, I'm not sure about the movie. I'm assuming they do it, like, mm-hmm. when they're, like, bodies hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, that, that Ooh, definitely does happen. Oh, no forever like i feel in comparison to uh the hunger games films i guess people do die established characters that people like do mm-hmm. you know get killed or die and all that stuff but i feel like they they show it a bit more in maze runner oh really yeah where it's like hey this person that you liked for like you know 40 minutes of this movie they're gone and they're not coming back um which was like just interesting in the very first film that i watched um but by the third one they bring back a character that you thought was i don't know if they do this in the book a character that you thought was dead. Is it like a younger boy? Um, no. The guy that winds up being kind of like the, the bad guy in the first book. The kid that winds up being like the jerk in the first book. Oh, I don't know. It was a long time ago that I read that. Yeah. I, I can't remember the character's name, sadly. Yeah. But um, they come back and it's like, oh, well, it's cool to see you again, man. But this just feels like a little bit of a cop out because like, okay. people like the character, I guess. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, but that being said, I thought the, the movie was fun. Uh, the ending was weak for me. Yeah. But, okay, we're gonna spoil it. <laughs> you don't want to. Don't want the the 
death cure. <laughs> Maze Runner death cure. Skip <laughs> forward for you. about three minutes because I can't imagine <laughs> talking much more about it than that. From from what I remember, like I remember being really annoyed with the girl. She maintains that annoyance in the movie. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I don't think it's through any fault of the actress because she was annoying in the book too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like they just shoved her in there because teenage boys are going to be reading this and like who doesn't want to think about a cute girl running around with a group yeah. of boys because um, she uh, they forced her to like turn on Thomas at yeah. some point like and they're in a cave or something mm-hmm. but then they ended up I feel like they jumped through something into an she okay place. She keeps making all these turns of like, I'm your friend, I'm not your friend, I'm your yeah, friend, I'm not your friend. Yeah, it's really frustrating and confusing. You're just like, pick one, girl. Kind of, yeah. Like, her ambivalence is very irritating. Yeah. Um, And given the fact that, like, in this movie, they were able to save damn near everybody, but she, like, dies at the end oh, of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Does that happen in the book? I don't know. I thought she was okay, but maybe she dies. I don't know. Like, a building is collapsing beneath her, and she just falls through it. Also, quick mention, Walton Goggins is in the movie. What? For a brief moment, um, with a really deformed face. The makeup's really oh, well done. Walton. But he plays, like, the leader of, like, the rebels in the city, like, trying oh, to, like, take okay. down the establishment. Okay. okay um, cool. And, yeah, he's in there for, like, maximum th- four minutes. Um, he had his paycheck, and he went home. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, he was getting it, though. Cool. Um, but, that being said... She dies, falls to the building, and all that stuff. <laughs> Let's get back to this young woman. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack you. It's tragic. Sorry about that Walton Goggins moment. Anyway, <laughs> um, she dies. And it's like, oh, that's surprising. Feels like everyone else at this point has come back or whatever. But yeah. okay, fine. Um, and also, up to that point, Thomas was just really not really. He was just good at leading people. Mm-hmm. He wasn't particularly special. Like he wasn't like you right, know, right, right. like oh, like you have like, the special ability that no one else has. Or yeah, like he's not Katniss Everdeen with a crossbow. Yeah, or not like, a crossbow. That would be a very different thing. He's uh, just like uh, the first to volunteer. Vo- oh, yeah. Bonaria. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like the first to volunteer to do things. Really, it's like, well, shit, we got to go and get him, right? Like, well, yeah, I guess we do. Yeah, Thomas, like let's lead the way, man. He's like, like we'll, we'll a got little your back. bit more brave than everybody. Else yeah, is really, all it is. That's yeah. like his main quality, I guess. Yeah. But then by the end of the, of the movie, you find like, oh well, his blood actually is the cure to like the entire disease ravaging humanity. Fucking it's like, fuck! It's like fucking really. Like yeah, that's what it always is. It's just like, I, god damn it! Like yeah, I get it that he in the in the book the cure the thing that's ravaging humanity like younger people tend to have an immunity towards it mm-hmm. so the book is all about the books are all about like gathering up the young to like essentially pull the cure out of them or like the the vaccine or antidote from them mm-hmm. uh through inducing fear through like these maze trials and just all these other things but yeah the, the whole cop out of like well thomas is actually the special boy it's like, and it's just him and it's just Fuck him off. it's not like anyone else is it's like oh really well yeah fine and then the movie ends with like him like having the cure and it's like well do i go back to the world and give this to people or do i just stay here on this island with my friends forever it's like well you're fucking yeah it's it ends not even a difficult decision yeah it's just like dude save the world like roll the credits save the world fine (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah that's the maze runner the death cure for anyone that cared um speaking of walton goggins Mm -hmm. because you can never get enough of Mm -hmm. him um, I finished the first season of Justified. Okay. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I very much appreciate on that show that they don't, whereas other shows may, if there's like a shootout scene, it's going to last for a while. Okay. They don't last more than like a minute and a half. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, drawing it Like out, real shootouts. <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's fast and decisive and i really like that mm-hmm. um then at one point long goggins because his character um finds god oh okay and uh he he it's like a performance within a performance when he's kind of like preaching and stuff at this church mm-hmm. well you know he's lying through his teeth probably Maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> they, he uh, he plays the line really well of just, and like the character is written really well where you're just like, it's, he's not really, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe part of it is sincere. Like it's a very gray area, which works with this character and it makes him interesting. Um, but at one point I was just like, oh, because they're in Kentucky kind of middle of nowhere ish mm-hmm. like a small county but it's still television so you can't so characters and people have to look good right so it's like an all i think it's like an all denim outfit basically mm-hmm. but i was like that shirt like fits really well <laughs> it's like really perfectly tailored for him mm-hmm. and those jeans are like quality denim mm-hmm. and it was an outfit and he had, like, cool boots i was like oh this is what like every brooklyn hipster tries to dress like but this is actually like the origin of it is just dudes in Kentucky. <laughs> just... But it looks great in Williamsburg. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's such a great show. It's really fun. I'm um, two episodes into season two. Mm-hmm. And I've forgotten the woman's name. There's a great actress on there who I'm going to look up right now. Um, and there's kind of. It's different because kind of bad guys pop up here and there. It's not like they're always finding the same bad guy every week. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's kind of a through line. It's I just can't say enough about it. It's really fun. Walton Goggins is great. Timothy Oliphant. Hop on that husband list, my friend, because oh. you are so handsome. Get Josh Dumel off of there. Put him, put Timothy Josh Dumel was never on there. <laughs> he and Timothy Oliphant are different people. Until I, I see them both at the same time, I refuse to believe otherwise. So I have to get them in the same room? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I would love to get those two in the same room with me. Jason, shoot Timothy. No, shoot Josh. I don't know which one it is. <laughs> <laughs> You're a jerk. <laughs> um, oh, no. It's an actress who's in everything. Oh, poop. Um, so, basically, there's, like, a new... There are some new bad guys, like, a new kind of family. Oh, introduced in um, season two? Yes. Okay. Um, with still Walton Goggins in the background, because he was a bad guy, but now he's kind of in this gray area. Okay. So it's interesting. All right. Um, Again, this feels like I have to. I think Justified would fall in line with things that I would normally watch. I think you would like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be Marco Martindale. <laughs> That's what I was trying to think of. My God. She's so great in everything she's in. Um, <laughs> and she plays the matriarch of this family of um, dumb sons mm-hmm. who, um, like, there's a spectrum of dumbness. Like, there's the really dumb one. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the middle of the road dumb one mm-hmm. and then like a semi-competent one okay <laughs> um the middle dumb one have you seen saving private ryan yes the of course. skinny guy with the typewriter mm-hmm. he's the middle son oh okay he's great i really like him um so yeah it's fun it feels the season feels somehow like 
lighter or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, yeah, I'm really loving it. I laugh when you said Margot Martindale because in Bojack Horseman, mm-hmm. uh, she plays a recurring character. Does she really? Yeah. She's so great. And she plays herself basically on the show. Like, no character way. actor Margot Martindale. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> And like I didn't know that. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and she's like consistently playing like a badass, like getting into crimes and shoot us with the police. That's the fucking best. <laughs> oh my god. And it's like, well, I'll see you guys next season <laughs> and, and we'll just like disappear. <laughs> I have only seen Bojack Horseman here and there mm-hmm. cuz it's kind of hit and miss in terms of uh my sense of humor. Uh, okay yeah um but that is fucking hilarious and i would watch it just for that because who doesn't love her she's universally recognized Mm -hmm. as a great character actor Mm kind of like walton goggins yeah and hasn't had an awesome career and picks really cool projects yeah love it that's i think the level of success that anyone could be satisfied with oh absolutely because you could still just go out to the grocery store store no problem yeah but everyone in your um community recognizes you as being awesome Mm -hmm. it's it's perfect um and other things i've watched Mm -hmm. uh on netflix uh the show sick note um oh how was it uh speaking of weasley's rupert grint stars in it yeah um it's pretty okay actually um (laughs) pretty (laughs) like after watching like one or one episode like i want to watch more Mm -hmm. um but like it starts off where like rupert grint's just like a jerk like he lives at home not not lives at home he lives with his girlfriend Mm -hmm. um but it's just like you know constantly lying about everything is just like an absolute slacker mm. and like he's just disliked at his job disliked by his girlfriend who like you later find out is like cheating on him Aww. and he's and you get it like you deservedly so like you're kind of a jerk mm. like you're not you're a good person but then like he goes to the doctor for the regular checkup um and nick frost plays his doctor i knew there was someone in there yeah okay, yeah and he tells him like hey man you have cancer and it changes his entire life like oh my god like i Oh, I, I come to Jesus moment. Like, okay, mm-hmm. all right. I got to make everything right in my life. Talk to the people that I care about and let them know. You see the change in him. Mm-hmm. And he tells, like, his friends, his family, like, his girlfriend, like, hey, I have cancer. And all of a sudden, his whole life changes around. People start being super nice to him, start helping out with all these things. Like, hey, yeah, like, you know, we, we're, we're here for you. We support you. Like, for the first time in like, a long time in his life, people are actually nice to him. And he has, like, the energy, like, you know what? Hell yeah, I am going to fight this thing. And then, like, a few days later, he gets called to the office of Nick Frost. Actually, I mixed up your results. You don't have cancer. Isn't this awesome? For him, he's like, actually, no. This is, I got to keep this gravy train going. Oh, no. So the show becomes about him conning people into thinking that he still has cancer. That type of shit stresses me out. Yeah. So it's like, that's why I'm like, this is okay. Like, you know, this is funny. But also, like, this is, like, kind of a grim thing that people really have to deal with. Yeah. So, like, I don't know how, you know, how much, uh... I can get into it right. that way. But um Rupert Grint always looks like he needs to shower. <laughs> his skin is always very shiny. His hair doesn't look clean. <laughs> Just get in a bathtub, he man. He really is stuck with that Ron Weasley like mop cut yep. for a long time. Yep. Like Um but that being said, I was, I was talking with someone else about this, um, about just how the actors from Harry, the main actors from Harry Potter have mm-hmm. like a done a pretty good job of, like consistently appearing in things yeah. and they don't seem to fall into the like the child actor trap of like and then they fell into drugs like right. they just seem to have been like consistently doing well for themselves and really being able to just pick what they want to do mm-hmm. as opposed to like being pigeonholed to being this kind of actor or character 
Word on the street was that, um, from my contacts, you know. In the biz. In the biz. Mm-hmm. Um, also known as people.com <laughs> and like Entertainment Weekly. Exclusive websites no one has heard of before. <laughs> <laughs> um, was that uh, Daniel Radcliffe really enjoyed a drink? Mm-hmm. Um, possibly too much sometimes. Huh. Yeah. But also, he was like a twenty, early twenty-something English guy. So, like, yeah. Oh, okay. Of course. <laughs> so, but yeah, he—they all seem really nice mm-hmm. and down to earth, which is lovely, and picked pretty interesting stuff. Not necessarily your run-of-the-mill mm-hmm. kind of boring projects, because they could have easily fallen into like boring teen romance movies. Mm-hmm. Like, party wants to believe that like once a year, Dan Radcliffe will go to Universal Studios to Harry Potter World. <laughs> And just, like, hang out and just, like, post up, like, sup? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I, I built all this. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to my empire. <laughs> You're welcome. Hand me a beer. <laughs> but what else have you been looking at? Um, I saw... Okay, so stay on the old Timothy Oliphant train. Okay, all right. Because I am riding that train hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Santa Clarita Diet. Oh, have you only just started watching? Oh, have you been on? Oh. I love that fucking show. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm so down for that show. Really? You never told me about. Have it. I not? Oh, I really enjoy Santa Clarita Diet. It is so good. Um, he is excellent on that. Everyone's so good in that show. I but go think, on. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I'm. I feel like I'm very biased because he's just so handsome mm-hmm. that I'll just watch whatever he'll do. Mm-hmm. Um. It is good. It is funny. Um, the premise being that he, uh, Timothy Oliphant and Drew Barrymore are a married couple with a daughter. Um, they are both realtors. and um, But one day she becomes violently ill and then all of a sudden uh, has a real thirst for meat and human flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but they love each other and they don't want to lose each other so they are gonna make it work and figure out how to uh satiate her appetite mm-hmm. somehow without going to prison yes <laughs> um they're everyone's great and i really like the daughter and like the neighbor kid yeah they're very like, usually good. i'm annoyed by teenagers but i like them a lot mm-hmm. because like the daughter's like so much of a grown-up yes more so yeah, than her parents so. sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like it's missing something. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's because it is, I guess I'm not used to seeing like a very sincere loving relationship, mm-hmm. but also a lot of humor. Okay. Cause it's usually a couple who's kind of like. At each other's throats are like, ah, this old battle axe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, yeah, kind of nitpicking at each other. Mm-hmm. But seeing this very um, dedicated, loyal couple and also this situation in humor and stuff, I'm just, maybe that's just why it's not meshing for me completely. Okay. Um, but it is really funny. Um, everyone's great on it. Uh, is there a second season? There's a second season. <laughs> course you know that it's quite funny (laughs) (laughs) um so i've watched like two or three episodes nathan fillion was on it for a hot Mm -hmm. minute that was really fun he's there um but they try to act as if like he's better looking than timothy oliphant i want to be like guys (laughs) 
<laughs> do you not see this God standing amongst mere men? I feel that's an argument to have with some people. And so far as like, I love Nathan Fillion. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but like Timothy Oliphant, <laughs> if you have eyes, come on. Good lord. Also, he weirdly, I feel like in Justified, he always looks like the tallest dude in the room, or at least like a on the larger side. Mm-hmm. But here, he I don't know if they try to make him look taller in that show or because he's wearing like boots that makes him a little bit taller. Because mm-hmm. here he looks like he's just like a normal like 5'10". <laughs> and it's very confusing. <laughs> I'm just jumping between these two shows. <laughs> just trying to live in a world of swirling Timothy Oliphant faces. Um <laughs> But and his stature is all over the place. But um, Pat Oswalt uh, pops up, mm-hmm. who is also unjustified. So that's cool. I like to think that they stayed bros. <laughs> possible, um, entirely possible. Yeah, so it's it's fun. I think I'll stick with it to see where it goes, um, and mostly for Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> it is. I like that show a lot. It's a lot, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like the most attractive Drew Barrymore has been to me. Like, wow. I don't know. She's just something about her she on the show. Great. She's her hair great. looks great. Mm. I genuinely had that thought. I was like, oh man, her hair looks really good. <laughs> a lot of bounce going on here. Good for you. A lot you. of volume and length. Mm-hmm. And nice waves. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's light. I think it pretty much knows what it is, so it doesn't take itself too seriously, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah. Um, another thing that I've been watching, uh, F is for Family on Netflix. Oh, yeah, cartoon with... Uh, yeah, the Bill Burr yes. animated show, essentially. Yes, yes, yes. Um, it's, it's fine. There are a lot of harsh moments on that show of just, mm. like, parents yelling at kids or just, mm. like, neighbors getting into, like, serious, crazy arguments and whatnot, which feel, like, a little too real. I was going to say, are they realistic? Um, at points, it's realistic, but then at points, it's absolutely, utterly ridiculous. Okay. Um. And sometimes it doesn't balance out. Like, okay. sometimes, like, oh, like, we're going to deal with, like, spousal abuse in this episode. Oh, like, God. okay. Um, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's like, a, this is a harsh reality mm-hmm. part of it that, you know, we're dealing with. But then, like, you know, we're going to deal with, like, a kid getting kicked out of a band, like, by his friends. And, like, you know, and now they're, like, super successful. And, like, he's, like, sad at home because, like, oh, man, like, we should have named our band after, like, Frodo and the Shire and all this stuff. And, like, ridiculous things like that. Okay. Um, it's... It, it, but yeah, I, I liked it. Okay. I thought there were parts that were just like mm, maybe this is not being very well handled here. Um, but then there were parts where it's like, oh wow, like this is like very well done and very funny. Maybe they just hit the miss the mark a little bit on sometimes some, on some yeah. themes or on whatever some themes. Yeah, okay. but um, it's there. I liked it. This is it's his third <laughs> it's season because <there>. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like depending what your Netflix queue is, I mean, mm-hmm. however it's set up, it's an uncurated mess, <laughs> but. That's how I generally feel about like the way you interact with Netflix, but it's uh, it may not come up for everyone, but like for me, I, it came up in my thing. I was like, yeah, I'll check this out. It's pretty okay. Okay, um, I have gone back to. It's one of those shows that I've seen you know, at least like the first season and episodes here and there, but mm-hmm. I haven't kept up with um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, okay. It's a really fun show. Have you not? What's what, where are you at season wise? Um. I don't know, season three or something. Because okay. I, I had semi kept up with it when it first came out, mm-hmm. but then just kind of been on and off since. Right. So I kind of went back and started from a place where I knew I had seen it and went from there. Okay. Um, 
it's just a really funny, fun, light show. I think because I my comfort show is usually Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. like the one that I kind of go back to. Uh-huh. Um, I think I this like, show hangs in the same realm. Totally, as that. totally. Um, and so I just wanted something new because I've probably seen all of Parks and Rec like four times. <laughs> um, and it's great. It's perfect to at the end of the day when I'm eating dinner. I don't want anything heavy that mm-hmm. I need to invest in. Mm-hmm. So I just put it on. It's a light. It's funny. Everyone on there is really great. Loving it. Also, uh, it is going to be on NBC next year. It is? Yeah. Well, they Fox canceled them. Right. And NBC picked them up. So starting no in January, shit. I believe, uh, that's where you can find new Brooklyn Nine-Nines. Ooh. Yeah. So they're, how long were they canceled for? Uh, For a year. This year, there's no Brooklyn Nine-Nine premiere. And then they're just going to pop it back on TV? Yeah. That's really weird. It's happened before with other shows where they've taken like years off and then have come back. Really? Yeah. Things like, well, I think in the animated things like Futurama, Family Guy, like, well, goodbye. Right, right, right. And then years later, they're back on. They exist again on a different network. I guess I'd never thought of it in terms of like, usually it goes from network to streaming instead of from streaming from network to streaming and then back to network. Um, It happened with Scrubs too, where in which... NBC canceled it, and then ABC picked it up. Huh. Okay. So it happens from time to time. It's not Mm. common. Right. But it happens. And really, that show should have been on NBC in the first place. Yeah, it's perfect for NBC. I don't know why they wouldn't. Like, that style of, like, comedy, that's the the actors that you have on it. It just feels like, this feels like, you know, in the realm of The Office, 30 Rock. Totally. uh, Parks Parks and Rec. Rec. Yeah. Like, but yeah, it's uh, it's coming back. Nice. Um, Glad we talked. (laughs) What else you got? Uh, other things that I've seen, da, 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 da. Uh, I watched two episodes of the show God Friended Me uh, on CBS. God Friended Me? Yeah. What a terrible name for a show. Yeah, I guess so. But the whole premise is based around a guy that's uh, an atheist that hosts a podcast uh, about atheism, um, gets a friend request from someone named God, and it is starting to connect all these different things in his life where in which he is helping people. But he's still like, mm, this is all bullshit. Like, I'm going to find out who's behind this and who's, like, making me do this. But at the same time, like, he's, like, getting closer with his dad and his family. His dad's, like, a uh, a reverend mm-hmm. at a church. And he's, like, he himself was, like, you know, very much a believer. But then, like, fell out of that when, like, his mom died. And I guess, like, the show's trying to present uh, morality outside of the context of just religion. And just, like, you know, personal responsibility and all that stuff. So it's it's interesting. I only saw the first two episodes, but uh, it's cute. It's uh, a light, light, but also like dealing with some semi-serious themes sometimes. Is there anyone in it I would recognize? Um, the main actor was on that show, The Mayor, on ABC, which got canceled like immediately. Yeah, no. But uh, the guy's dad is played by Joe Morton, who played Miles Bennett Dyson in uh, Terminator 2. The creator of Cyberdyne Systems and Skynet. Oh boy, Jason. Um, so that's where I know him from primarily. But no, that guy. So my question of is there anyone on there I would recognize would be no. You've seen Terminator. The answer is no. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but yeah, that's I saw it, and it's pretty good so far. Is there anything on there called the Godcast? Because that would make sense. <laughs> Just saying, they really missed something there. Um, I saw a. Uh, that movie widows which um oh, i wanted yeah. to check that out yeah, yeah, yeah megan and i went mm-hmm. um it was good i um 
the cast is bonkers. Viola Davis, um, Liam Neeson, Colin Farrell, Daniel Kaluuya. Um, oh, no, there's another guy. Another guy that you like, black guy. Brian Tyree tall. Henry? Yes. Okay. Um, they're all fantastic. Um, and do I don't want to spoil it. I know the basic right. premise. Okay. Like these women, mm-hmm. their husbands were bank robbers. Mm-hmm. They went ahead and they went on a bank heist. However, they did not complete it. They died, mm-hmm. from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And their wives are now picking up where they left off. And their work, I don't know if they're trying to complete the same heist. But they are trying to essentially do what their husbands did in order to support their families, like because that's how their husbands provided for them, essentially. That was a sneaky way of me getting you to explain something that I'm not going to explain. <laughs> yeah. Plan work. <laughs> um, yes. I, was, I, was, I really wanted to see this. I've not checked it out yet. I was supposed to go yesterday, but I just did not. <laughs> I think you'll really like it. Um, mm-hmm. There's also some political stuff going on in the background, not really in the background, on the side, mm-hmm. um, which is where Colin Farrell and Brian Tyree Henry, Henry, yeah, and um, Daniel Kaluuya come in. Um, Daniel Kaluuya is fucking terrifying. Cool, and he's he's such a good actor, and he's so scary. Yes. Oh my god! Which I think part of the reason, a, I mean, I love heist movies, but. Um, I tend to, it takes me a while to get into a drama, mm-hmm. which you know. Um, so a lot of it was very much just a drama, a straight drama. Mm-hmm. But also um, I'm, I was constantly waiting for someone's bones to be broken. Ooh. So I was always, I was, I was really stressed out. It stressed me out, Jason. Okay. Um, so I think that might have been part of why I didn't enjoy it possibly as much. Like if I was to view it now, having seen it, mm-hmm. I can enjoy it more because I'd know where I need to like mute something or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or like if you think a scary thing is going to happen, now I know what happens. <laughs> um, when I say scary, I just mean like a stressful thing for right. me because I'm not great with violence or anything. Um, but yeah, it was really good. All the performances were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I the women in there are so wonderful and they're women who I don't I don't know their names I'm very sorry mm-hmm. um who are also aside from Michelle Rodriguez who um there are two other women also and all of them are really great um and I think it's very like realistic mm-hmm. in terms of normal people trying to figure out how to pull off a heist because mm-hmm. i in heist movies i feel like there's always like computers involved you gotta have a hacker on the scene yeah and like all these things but it's like no it's just what do normal people do and put under these really extraordinary circumstances or like i'm a claims adjuster i gotta figure this out <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like okay um but there's they're smart women mm-hmm. and so they go about it the best way that they can with the res- resources that they have um so I think it's very relatable kind of in that way. Okay. Um, oh, and Robert Duvall's in it also. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would highly recommend that everyone sees it because it's really good. I feel like Robert Duvall has worked with like white Steve McQueen. Now he's working with black Steve McQueen, the director. <laughs> Check it off. All the Steve McQueens. <laughs> <laughs> um no, that's really cool, and I do hope to see that yeah. really soon. Um, I hope that movie does well overall. Like, I know yeah. that it's like had nothing but good critical praise, Absolutely. and I feel like it's building its box office over time. I yes. think like by the end of the day, you realize, oh, this actually did really well for it got itself. Screwed over by releasing very close to Fantastic Beasts, <sighs> which is not a good movie. It's a rough time to come out against. 
Yeah. So I think even though seemingly on the surface, it'd be very different audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, still, but just there are things that are just, just monsters where you just stare clear of. Yeah. Like no matter what movie you are, if Star Wars is out, you're fucked. So um, I will always give credit to the balls on Mamma Mia coming out <laughs> the same weekend as Dark Knight and still doing really well for itself. <laughs> like, oh, no, yeah, we know it's coming out. We don't care. Like, okay, Mamma Mia, damn. Listen, shit. when you got Colin Firth just around <laughs> and linen flowing in the wind of Greece, <laughs> like, how could you say no? It's like there's the, the king of counter-programming, Dark Knight. Yeah, absolutely. Superhero movie, Chris Nolan, action dark. Mamma Mia, it's bright and it's in Greece. It's for ladies. Like, <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, who, wait, is Colin Firth, who are the other guys? Colin Firth, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Um, crap. Oh, Stellan Skarsgård. Ooh, uh, <laughs> 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 I'm on board with... Firth and uh, Brosnan. <laughs> Who doesn't want to date fucking Mr. Darcy and James Bond? Stellan Skarsgård. No, I'm Stella, good. go with your boys in here. All right. Yeah, get Alexander. <laughs> God. Oh, God. <laughs> you know that he has like eight kids all ranging from Alexander Skarsgård who's like in his 30s to like a two-year-old? Jesus Christ, Stellan. Put it yeah. away. <laughs> 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 maybe that Mamma Mia plot is a little too real is he the father I don't know it sounds like the odds Who's are he is oh wow yeah um, other things I've seen uh, checked out Into the Forest uh, with oh uh, it's on Netflix right now. Yes. Uh, is that Matthew McConaughey? no it's with uh, Ellen Page uh, Evan Rachel Wood and uh, Max Minghella Max Oh, is he in um, Handmaid's Tale? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the cute boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, he plays another cute boy in this. Oh, my God. He, does, he doesn't play one, Jason. He is one. <laughs> God. I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, he and uh, Ellen Page are an item in this. Um, but yeah, the, the story being that... Uh, a disaster is happening in the background. It's essentially, an apocalypse of some kind. Love it. Like um, the world has is changing in v- huge, heavy ways, and it's about like this family trying to stay together and like figure the things out. Quick question: Is this a one you said? Evan Rachel Wood is the third person in this party. Yeah. And then is this a Netflix joint? It's or is this... it's on Netflix, but, but it is produced, produced by Directv. What? I know it's weird. Shut up, Directv. And don't also, there's like, a, like you can play in the sandbox. It's I don't know. Th- again, everyone has a streaming service. Everyone's trying to get into the game. Um, but you, it was weird hearing the AT and T jingle at the end of the Directv <laughs> logo, which <laughs> feels like, nah, man, I don't want the singularity of all media coming yeah, into one place. This is show. the beginning of the end. Yeah. Um, because I feel like ever since I got burned with that other apocalypse movie. <laughs> Oh, that it sounds similar to this of like people on the road uh-huh. during the apocalypse. Yep. What was the name of that movie? Uh, how it ends. Yeah, which they actually never told you how it ends. No, <laughs> fuck that movie for fucking ever. <laughs> now, when you told me the plot, I got excited, but immediately trepidatious. You have every right to be. I would say this movie handles it better. Insofar as we're not going to worry about what's happening in the outside world. How could it handle it worse? <laughs> 
<laughs> you're that right. Movie was so bad. You're also right. So angry still about that. Two hours of my life <laughs> fucking lost forever. <laughs> I would say this one's actually like pretty pretty quick. It's like an hour ten, hour fifteen, something like that. What? Uh, it moves pretty Direct fast. TV? Did you <laughs> not budget properly for this? What the fuck? All right, everyone, go go go! It's not, I don't think it's a good take. We don't care. Just go. We don't have money. Faster. <laughs> Um, Ellen Page is good in it. Emma Rachel Wood is good in it. Essentially, they're the daughters of this one guy, um, played by uh, Keith Callum Rennie, uh, Canadian actor. He's in Battlestar. Um, he's their dad. He's taking care of them. However, he dies. Oh yes, I just saw a trailer for that, and it looked too scary for me. It's there are parts that are pretty scary. Because I think um, I saw something about a rape scene, so I was like, yeah, I don't think I that can was watch very it. uncomfortable to see. I kind of turned away during that. Um, it, yeah, so I was like, "Ooh, I don't know if I can watch this movie." Yeah, there are some some. That's like the harshest thing that happens in this. Um, but yeah, it is based on a book. It's oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. it's it's about an apocalypse that they don't ever actually show you happening. It's mm-hmm. just like the how it affects when the you don't aftermath. have yeah, yeah you, don't, you don't have services like water or power anymore, and like you're essentially taking care of yourself living off the land mm-hmm. how does that work when you live in like a glass house like mm. literally like so yeah i mean it's it was pretty good um pretty good i'm probably going to afterwards make you tell me everything and so i'll know where to mute and whatnot <laughs> fast forward because i will say i um not to get dark but i um i've only seen one other movie with a rape scene mm-hmm and like, yeah, it was um, it's a movie with Julia Roberts and Clive Owen. Julia Roberts and Clive Owen. Was it Julia Roberts? Diane Lane and Clive Owen? Because uh, I'm thinking of Derailed. Maybe that was it. Uh, I'll just have to look up Clive Owen. Yeah, it's Clive <laughs> Owen, Riza, Diane Lane, I believe Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston, that's who it is. Not yeah. Julia Roberts. Um, and I think she is supposed to be raped in that. Yeah. Oh, that, that French guy who's in those Oceans movies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's it's a very bold move. In a very, and it starts off that way. Like, this happens in the first, like, no. t- 10 minutes of oh, the movie. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, no, I... Oh, oh god I mean, it's it's it ser- to- does it serve its purpose is there a purpose for it yes okay um the, the movie is centered around that moment okay gotcha and how things radiate from there it okay. is a good movie okay um but it is central to the plot that moment okay good to know it's in the first 10 minutes yeah um i'm sorry i don't know why i felt the need no, to talk about I that mean- <laughs> but it's it's always interesting when they do kind of include that in film yeah because it's such a intense terrible thing yeah it's it's it never gets easy to watch it shouldn't be easy to watch okay uh, moving on (laughs) did you like all the performances yeah i liked all the performances um i like Ellen page a bunch and i'm just mad that she's not as many things anymore i know like it just feels like as soon as she came out probably was like well we don't know if we want to cast her and things or i don't know if she just took a break herself yeah i feel like it because she actually did do a series um gaycation yes which is really good yeah it's a really good series um so it i'm hoping i'm sure it's probably a mix of Mm -hmm. the two but i'm hoping it was more you know her decision to maybe just step back for a yeah and chill out I, I would hope so but um but yeah she's always a pleasure to see in whatever she's in cool um i watched a terrible thing 
<laughs> what did you see? It was again. It's on television. It was probably TNT. Mm-hmm. They know drama. <laughs> Mostly terrible drama. <laughs> um, that movie Inferno with Tom Hanks and what's her face? Oh, the sequel to uh, Angels and Demons, and the sequel to which was uh, the Da Vinci Code. Yes, the Dan Brown series of books. Yes. Okay. Is Paul Pettney in this being pale? No. Okay, that was Angels and Demons. Okay. No, that was Da Vinci Code. Oh, it was Da Vinci Code. Okay. Um, I, I came in, I think it's like two and a half hours. And I think I came in after like an hour Mm -hmm. and they were in a ceiling of, uh, some museum fancy place in Florence Mm -hmm. and this, what's her name? Oh, Felicity Jones. Oh, okay. She was in Rogue One Mm -hmm. as the tiny angry girl. Mm -hmm. Um, she straight up. (laughs) I just didn't see it coming. They're in the ceiling. It's an old place, so uh-huh. like there's wooden beams and stuff. There's a woman chasing after her and Tom Hanks shooting at them. So Felicity Jones takes some kind of pipe or something, whacks the lady's <laughs> legs. This woman falls through the beams, through the ceiling, and then wham, oh my slams God. into that fucking floor of this museum. Jesus. Now this, and it's a tall ceiling. Uh-huh. Like forty feet high or something like that. Yeah, something ridiculous because mm-hmm. there's like you know frescoey type things on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. It's a big old place. Now you would think that she would be freaking the fuck out because she did not intend to murder this one. She was just trying to keep her from killing Tom Hanks. And her job is also like I'm also a curator. <laughs> she or something right? She's a doctor. Oh, like what? <laughs> And so she murders this woman in cold blood. Uh huh. This woman falls many feet, slamming into the floor of a museum. And granted, it's mostly cops in the museum at this point because they're searching for them. Mm-hmm. But that is an incredibly ridiculous thing to see that would f- really mess with your head. That's never leaving you. No. Therapy forever. This person started as a human and as a jelly sandwich on the floor. Oof. Oof. Face down, no other slice protecting jelly. Also, way to ruin that ceiling. (laughs) (sighs) But that aside, no no one reacts. Mm Mm-hmm. What? What? (laughs) And Tom Hanks is just like, we gotta go. Like, Tom! Tom Hanks' character has seen this before. He's seen so much. (laughs) Things he should never have had to have seen as, like, a curator. He should still be laying in bed in the fetal position just after the Da Vinci Code. (laughs) Let alone Angel and and Demons, Mm -hmm. where, like, priests are being tortured in all sorts of ways. Because I'm pretty sure I saw that movie, too. And I've definitely (laughs) seen the Da Vinci Code multiple times. Um so I was like, what is this movie? But I came in in the middle of it, and I was like, none of this is making sense. I don't know who these people are. Mm-hmm. Where are we running around? What's going on? Mm-hmm. So I watched the rest of the movie, and then it was on again. Okay. <laughs> so I started it over so I could see what happened leading up to that <laughs> to see if I could understand it. <laughs> I couldn't understand Why it, Why did you have to die? <laughs> it didn't. This movie did not make any sense. There... I mean, granted, I was paying like 70% attention, mm-hmm. but there are so many characters, so many, like, are they good guys or are they bad guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Hanks is supposed to have lost his memory, but really, 
It was a company run by this guy who makes people think that they lost their memory, but they haven't. Oh, it is you the, know what? Jason, it is the most, one of the most absurd films I've ever seen. And I don't understand how it got made because Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons both got panned hardcore. I don't know if they did well in theaters. They did very well in theaters. It's like internationally because it's Tom Ooh, Hanks running around yeah. beautiful old cities. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Those movies made money. God, it's it was just so terrible. Because at least you could kind of follow the Da Vinci Code. I don't remember Angels and Demons well because it was just a horror fest of different ways to torture people in weird medieval ways. Mm-hmm. But... um. Oh, it was really bad. I do not recommend this film. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I've not even seen all the films. I just know that at the start of Angels and Demons, I didn't know what I was seeing insofar as like, I just turned the, t- the channel like, oh, credits. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And they started talking about the, the Large Hadron Collider. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know they made like a movie about like you know something happening there, and then like you know they do all these graphics. They're in CERN. They're at the Large Hadron Collider, Mm -hmm. and then like they cut to Tom Hanks. Like I didn't know Tom Hanks is in a movie about the Large Hadron Collider. Why does his hair look like that? Okay, and And he's a symbologist (laughs) in those movies. Like why? Why are you at CERN? What the fuck is happening? But then like after a while, realize like. Wait a minute. Is this Angels and Demons? How are we connecting religion to the Hadron Collider to Tom Hanks who's a symbol? All right, sure, man, fine. And then I just remember hanging out for like 15 minutes and being like, I got to do something else. It's so, <laughs> it's bizarre. I will say there's one actor. Oh, Ben Foster. He's a really like great ben actor. Lot, he, actually. he picks interesting projects. Um, He's supposed to be playing this. Um, He's like giving a TED talk. Mm-hmm. He runs some kind of company or is like a biologist type of guy mm-hmm. who he's kind of like Thanos in that he's like, we're using up the resources too much. We're destroying this world. Mm-hmm. Like the only way to save it is if we like kill half the population. Mm-hmm. Um, but his performances I think is really good. He puts on a good performance of being kind of like a really smart, crazy guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it might be the only redeeming quality of the film. <laughs> like, I Oof. like Ben Foster a lot. Me too. Um, I I feel he doesn't. He's not in that many things anymore. He does a lot of just smaller independent things. There's, mm-hmm. He's in another one right now that looks really good. I can't remember. It's on Netflix. Um, oh, Galveston. Okay, I think it's called. Um, yeah, I, I like him a lot. Um, I will always say that he is fantastic in Alpha Dog which is not in itself a great movie. Mm. There are some good performances from Emile Hirsch, from Justin Timberlake, um, from Anton Yelchin. But Ben Foster is chewing the whole set insofar as his character is insane. He says the most insane things and gets into an insane fight where he essentially beats up everyone at a party. like Including Justin Timberlake? No, Justin God Timberlake wasn't it. there. But like, it is insane and he is great <laughs> he he often plays like really intense characters this character was intense yeah um like his guy in 310 to yuma which i need to see i keep hearing that's a it? really good movie it's fun i really um you actually end up liking russell crowe which is i feel like not an easy thing to do <laughs> <laughs> um i will say for the record i have supported ben foster since flash forward okay on the disney channel Oh, yeah, that was him. Flash forward, the Torkelsons, great stuff. 
Was he a Torkelson? No. He was on Flash Forward, which they're on around the same time and just like set around like quirky people. <laughs> okay. Quirky boys. Um, I don't have much else here. Me neither. Um, I'll talk very briefly about uh, Conan in Japan. Um, Say that one more time. Conan in Japan. Oh, Conan O'Brien. Yes, Conan gotcha. O'Brien okay. is in Japan. I thought this was going to be another one of your anime things. And I was like, no. what is Conan the Barbarian goes to Japan? No. Are we talking feudal Japan? But Conan O'Brien went to Japan all because of an anime. Um, the main premise being that he was uh, searching himself on the internet. He said, wait, why am I the number two Conan on the internet? And apparently number one was uh, this anime character called Detective Conan, which the main premise is a uh, man trapped in a younger boy's body. He said, all right, copyright infringement. That is my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he goes to confront this town uh, that that calls itself Conan Town, which is like where the show was created and all that stuff that's hilarious um but yeah his journeys throughout and just all the fun activities that he did were were really good um and that's kind of it insofar as what i've seen outside of the one thing you asked me to see gotcha go for it um i will tell you about uh bajillion dollar properties mm-hmm. um saw so the first two episodes and they were fun they were fun um paul F. Tompkins is to me the best part of the show he is, yeah, he's um, as like this essentially mr burns type character who dean rose dragon <laughs> which is an insane <laughs> name that is dressed very well which i feel like yes. he didn't even go th- to wardrobe he just probably wore not what yeah. he had on that day uh-huh. to set is always very well dressed um but the whole premise being like it's a pr- it's a parody of like you know all those like uh reality shows about you know real real estate and buying homes and all that stuff property brothers and all that stuff and it's just centering on this agency of realtors who are insane that are consistently fighting each other and themselves over selling properties and whatnot um i love the different character types that they have but the two the the duo the The guys they're so funny (laughs) they're on um comedy bang bang a lot Mm -hmm. um and uh those two guys that whole cast actually um, does improv together sometimes. Oh, okay. In LA, um, sorry, yeah, they're all really funny. I love that duo though. Um, I I love the my favorite character. I think was the uh, the office manager, <laughs> <laughs> um, who has a not so secret crush on uh, Chelsea Lately, yes. uh, which is a hilarious name to give a person. Um, oh, Tani Newsom, she's great. Um, he. Is also maybe the secret son of uh, Dean Pendra- uh, Rose Dragon, mm-hmm. uh, aka Paul F. Tompkins. Um, I love the idea. There's one at one point. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Adam. Uh, I want to say Adam. Oh, Cole. Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Adam Scott shows up and he plays like a rock star that's like you know drinked and drugged out of his mind or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the two guys like are trying to sell us home and like they've made a deal great but they come back when he's sober and he cannot remember at all he's like get out of my home i never agree to sell anything <laughs> and they're like hey just have a drink and then like <laughs> this whole dr hyde mr jekyll and uh, mr hyde and dr jekyll dr. Dr. Jekyll, jekyll mr hyde. hyde i'm so confused right now um where he's like oh wait i did say like, we're gonna <laughs> sell this house or what guys and just like him in his drunkenness and soberness and like you know going back and forth and like trying to sell this home was like really funny and he says that he has like a home music studio but really it's just like a laptop <laughs> and headphones <laughs> and a microphone um he uh there was also the the guy that wanted to sell parts of his house <laughs> yeah. which is like just a hilarious concept in itself i, I thought they're very funny like just for a sketch like i just want to sell like you know uh the third the third bedroom and a bathroom like can i do that like no it's like reading a book and saying like i want to sell chapter three and you're not done reading the book yet <laughs> like um 
and Jason Mazzucca was really funny on it. Yes. Um, was that Jessica St. Clair on there or no? As his assistant? Not as his assistant. As oh. like uh, one of the realtors. No, uh, I'm getting, it probably wasn't. No, um, no, it wasn't Jessica Singler. But he, uh, just <laughs> his character taking all these insane pictures, asking all these insane things, but he produces, like, at the very end, like, these very nice regular headshots, no, yeah. which is, like, really fun. And Kulap Valaisak, who plays his assistant, who's also the executive producer of the show. Right, yeah, um, yeah. And she has this fanny pack and just pulls out all these pills. <laughs> they call her, like, she's the Mary Poppins of drugs. <laughs> well, like, this bag is endless. <laughs> and, like, but they're saying goodbye at the end, and Jason was like, alright, bye, everybody. She's like, it's lovely to do drugs with them, all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that it was it was good. Yeah. I liked it. I liked uh, Bajillion Hour Properties. Um, it was fun. I'm glad you liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched. Oh yeah, I watched Galaxy Quest. Mm-hmm. It was really great. Okay, I'm glad you enjoyed um, it. It was really fun. It, that's an amazing cast. It really is, isn't it? <laughs> um, Tim Allen. Um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking? Um, help me. Help uh, Sigourney me. Weaver. Thank you. Uh, Alan Rickman. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Sam Rockwell. Yes. Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> that, like, it's such a bananas cast. Mm-hmm. It's like um, young Rain Wilson is there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and two people from that movie Dodgeball, Justin Long, and the woman whose name I'm forgetting. Oh, um, she plays on the opposite team. Yeah. Yeah, I know. She exactly plays like an about. Eastern European, like yeah. terrifying woman, mm-hmm. but she's actually like beautiful in real life. <laughs> um. um it was really funny and fun and Sigourney Weaver, like she's just so pretty. Like her bone structure is out of control. Yeah. You shouldn't be allowed to have cheekbones like that. <laughs> Get out of here. Ugh ugh. She's stunning. Mm-hmm. Um the plot is that um that whole cast, uh, they were on a kind of a Star Trekky type yeah. of show that has this huge cult following. Um and so, and it was on like 20 years ago, but there's still conventions, but a lot of them are pretty much over it. Um, Tim Allen is still kind of living for it, yeah, even like his the, time has passed. Yeah. But then real aliens get in contact with them because um, they think that they don't realize it's a television show. Right. And the so way they like, Readaways work. Help. Like yeah. they picked it up years later, like, oh, this documentary yes. about like the actual events on this <laughs> ship, this guy can save us. Yes, they <laughs> take the whole crew up, and um, they're going up against uh, these bad aliens. Um, but it was just, even if it was, like, a little bit predictable, um, it's still really fun, mm-hmm. and all the performances are great. Um, I love when Sam Rockwell is going to um, sacrifice himself. <laughs> but is it Tony Shalhoub who stops him? He's like, no, maybe you're just the comic relief. <laughs> and Sam Rockwell's just like, the comic relief. Yeah. <laughs> And like they just have a moment, um, and then he, for the rest of it, he was kind of funny before, but he does make a couple little quips that mm. are funny, and he is a comic relief, and it's great. <laughs> um, it's it manages. That would be a very easy movie to mess up because it could in itself become a parody mm-hmm. if it's written poorly. Um, but it straddles the line of being funny, but also kind of loving to yeah, it the, is the people who are the fans of that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's it's great. Like I'm glad you had fun with it. Yeah. Like I enjoyed the movie as a kid. I remember seeing it. Like it came out like '99, I think. But I saw it like on a Christmas. I was associated with Christmas in my mind because like I saw it like on a Christmas break one time, which is like yeah, like that. Yes, that was a, an awesome Christmas. Galaxy Quest is on. 
but I, I really enjoy that movie. I think it's so well done, very smart, yes. and very like respectful of the fans of like you know science fiction shows like it that. It is, yeah, and also like making fun of them at the same time too, yeah. like which is hard to do. Because they recognize the silliness, but they also appreciate the fans and mm-hmm. the joy that shows and stuff like that brings them. Yeah, like yeah. how like and Alan Rickman, like who he's so phenomenal, was so good, and like. He plays, like, you know, an actor that is, like, so above all of this. Like, yes. I'm a classically trained British actor. I have to wear this stupid makeup on my head. And, like, there's a point where, like, he's talking to, like, he, he impassionately, like, you know, wants to avenge someone. And, like, he, like, uses <laughs> the same lines as the character does in the show. But in that moment, as a viewer watching it, you feel it, like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at one point at the end, when they're being introduced when the ship lands, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, it's one of the guys from uh, Kids in the Hall. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, Kevin. Rich? One? No, Kevin someone. The small one. The curly. Yes. Curly dark curly hair. Curly hair, yeah. Um, he's, Alan Rickman comes out and he's like being introduced. He's like, yeah, clap for him. Give him a hand. He's British. <laughs> <laughs> and it felt like an ad lib. <laughs> it was just so great. Um. So, yeah, the whole movie is really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone in it is really fun, and they seem to be having a good time with it. Yeah. Um, and they get along well. Um, and it's a good sci-fi film in and of itself, kind yeah. of in a way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a good recommendation. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, for next time. Yes. Um, I don't know if you've seen it already. I'd like to have you watch it. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I have. I think I started it. I never finished it. I would recommend that you watch that. Okay. Uh, given the time of year it is, we are rolling into Christmas time. Mm. It is weirdly a Christmas movie. Really? <laughs> um, it okay. does have a lot to do with Christmas. It is scathingly funny. Um, you'll find I did at least. I found a new appreciation for for Val Kilmer while watching that movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, Val Kilmer, Michelle Moynihan, Robert Downey Jr. Michelle Monaghan like has not aged. She's ageless. Because <laughs> I remember seeing the thumbnail for it, and and when like the um, most recent Mission Impossible came out, and mm-hmm. so and I happened to see a thing for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and I was like, she looks the same. <laughs> she looks exactly the same. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I look forward to watching that. I think rapper Johnny Junior is cute. So mm-hmm. cool. All right. For you, sir. Um, hmm. I was thinking 310 to Yuma because you mentioned you hadn't seen it and I enjoyed that movie. Okay. Um, or have you watched Justified to watch my man, Timothy Elephant? <laughs> Do you have a preference? Um, I think 310 to Yuma. Okay. Yeah. I uh, do believe that's on like uh, Amazon Prime. Okay. And, uh, oh, Casey Bang Bang is on HBO awesome. um, to watch that. Cool. Um, yeah, the performances from... It's interesting to see Christian Bale not be... Because I feel like he's usually a tough guy mm-hmm. um, or at least kind of a formidable person. Yeah. Um, but he is the weaker party to Russell Crowe. Okay. Um, I can't imagine what that set was like having two very intense men mm-hmm. be your leads. Um, but yeah, I thought both performances were really great. Okay. I'm curious. Ben Foster is a little kooky banana (laughs) on a horse. Love it. Cause this is one of those, uh, 
movies that like Christian Bale did between Batman movies where it's like you did really good work between those Batman movies. Yeah. Um, I think that came out like, yeah, like right after Batman Begins or something like that. But yeah, I will check that out. Cool. Sounds good, man. All right. Um, is this is going to be the last episode, I think, uh, before I thought we January? had one more scheduled, but I don't think, th- I think this may be the last this one. This be the last one. For the year, yeah. until next year. Um, well, thanks for listening thanks this year, guys. Thanks for sticking with us for a whole year. Like, uh, All had a- four of you. <laughs> I love you so much. Shout out to that one person in Ireland who still listens to this. <laughs> we sincerely appreciate it. You have no idea. <laughs> um yeah, it's been a fun year so far as recording and getting the stuff out there and doing this. So, yeah, thanks so much for listening. We will be back in the new year uh, with a slightly different schedule um, and hopefully more to offer y'all. Yeah, it'll probably be every two weeks. It'll probably come out Thursday or Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so look out for that in January. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, enjoy your holidays. Yeah, Merry Christmas. All right. Thanks, and see you next year. Bye.